What is up, guys? It is Hot Take Without the Hot Take here, and yet again, Good Friday. we're back on a Good Friday. Well, Good for, Friday here on this side in, of the world. In um in the land of down under, junior, senior, two views. I'm here with seniors. So Hello, everybody. Up. How's it going? Here? So, MLB opening day has come today. It has come. We will talk about that in a bit. We will. But we got to mention first the signing that we Fra- Francisco Lindor. Yes. Ten years. Francisco, not Francesco. If, Francisco Lindor. Ten years. 341 million. One million more than Fernando Tatis Jr. That's lavish. That is... It's a shorter term, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I mean, he's in his prime. And he's the, in his prime. And Steve Cohen was looking to, to throw around money. He's been... He's saying, we're going to spend to get this team a championship. Well, look, and I think that... That is probably refreshing, and I think I think it's about that. But I also think it's more importantly saying to Yankees, to Yankee management, we're in this too. There's two New York teams here now, so we're making a message. So whatever free agents you guys can get, we can get them too. So that's kind of the message that he's saying. I'm Steve Cohen. I got lots of money. Let's go. And we're going to be emulating. We're going to we're going to try and emulate the Dodgers because we're going to go all in, in the in the um interview that he did. Uh, with SNY, uh, when he just bought the team, he referenced the Dodgers and he liked what they were doing with with their analytics and their their farm system approach and how they got themselves a World Series ring. Well, look, again, this was an important signing for the Mets. I think moving forward, uh, they needed to get a superstar out there. Let's hope that Francisco Lindor can stay healthy. And stay on the field because he's in his prime. Um, it's a lot of money, but I think it's worth it. And I think that fans are going to be happy with that. I know I'm happy with it. Let's we're both see. happy. Let's we're, see. We're both Mets fans. Well, the Mets haven't even played yet because of COVID concerns for the Nationals. So a game's been postponed. They haven't even played yet. So let's see how that goes. Moving on. Moving on, we have got Drummond. Drummond. So Andre Drummond. The Lakers. The Lakers. He's already hurt. He's already injured. He's already injured. He's but already hurt. Apparently, he won't. He'll only be out for like maximum two weeks. Oh my God! That's uh, all Lakers needed. Oh well. No. <laughs> Big shout to the Bob, the boy Bob Roy. Ma- Ma- Get again. Maximum, he'll be out for like two games. Well, but look. So the signing of Drummond is a weird one to me. This year, he's been really good on the defensive end. Very, very good. And he's the, he's obviously he's led the league in rebounding three times in his career. He's top 10 on all-time rebounding chart but this year he's been an offensive black hole and advanced advanced analytics has shown that he has been terrible on the offensive end he was terrible for cleveland on the offensive end last season and this season and i'm just not sure about if the signing's good maybe it can be a dwight howard situation where they come in and it's the lebron effect Look, I, this is what I think. Andre Drummond's your prototypical back-to-the-basket center. You're not going to see Andre Drummond hit, standing behind the three-point line shooting threes. He's got his back-to-the-basket. He's a true center. He does hook shots. He does up-and-unders. He does dunks. That's what Andre Drummond does. So the Lakers having him, this is clearly about size. Because what we know about the Lakers from last season, and we talked about this last week, was they don't have JaVale McGee anymore. They don't have Dwight Howard. They don't have size. Paul, you know, Mark Gasol is your close thing to a center, and he's not really a center center. And he's getting old as well. So, he's, he's 35. Look, I think with Drummond, this is a stopgap. 
I think the Lakers just got them off waivers to hold things together until LeBron and AD or one of them comes back because with each loss, and they got blown out by the Bucks the other day, with each loss, it's getting tougher and tighter in the West. It's a tough division to be losing games in if you're the Lakers because you get closer and closer to the teams that you aren't going to be good against, like the Nuggets who got Aaron Gordon and got bigger and got more athletic. At the tr- yeah, they nabbed so him at the deadline. So that puts a lot of pressure on them. But look, I think that Drummond suffered a toe injury, but he's going to be back a couple games. Like I said, again, the Lakers weren't going to make big deals at the, at the deadline. They didn't have money to be doing that. They're waiting for it. And they don't have to assets to do it. I have it. no assets, really. They don't have assets to do it. They gave away all their... All their assets for Davis. All right, moving on. Moving on. Lamarcus Aldridge. Aldridge to the Nets. In the Nets. This is um, so Stephen A is um, a little bit about Stephen A. Stephen A. He's he's been worried about um, about the Nets because how they're stacking stacking the deck in their favor and how he's upset because KD is is doing this again the same situation in Golden State. What do you think about about? that situation, how the Nets well, are doing the same thing. I think that, look, and we, I think this is the, the whole undercurrent around, you know, assembling teams, assembling super teams. The New York Post had a discussion with Blake Griffin about this, around, you know, the Nets, you know, creating this black hole. I don't see a problem with it. You know, it's happened throughout sports. Take a look at the 92-93 Blue Jays and who they put on their team. Talking baseball, just as a side note. LeBron, not one, not two, not three, not four. With the, with the Heat. Assembly of players has been happening in sports forever. This is just what it is. So I actually don't see it as a bad thing. It's how it all comes together. If you know who you're really feeling for, Steve Nash. He's got to sit there and look at these guys and figure out who's going to get time for what. Because... You know, Aldridge, you got to get in there. Now, Harden, I think, didn't play today or yesterday. Harden's going to be out for a little bit. So he didn't play, so now you can get Aldridge in. So it's about trying to figure out. And Blake Griffin's also apparently load managing already. So, look, I think, I don't see the problem. At the end of the day is, is it going to work? Because ultimately, Miami was the same thing, right? LeBron came on board year one. It was expected they'd win, and guess what? They did not. So... Everybody just needs to calm down with this whole idea of the Nets are doing this. They're doing what they need well, to the, do. The discussion of super teams and um, the lack of parity in the NBA. The lack of parity. The NBA has never had parity. We know this. It's never had parity. There's always been that, that team that's been dominant. I mean, the Celtics won, what, eight straight championships? Nine. Nine straight championships. Well, that was a different with time. With Bill Russell, Red, Red right. Auerbach, and, were... and Kuzi. But I think you had and, and look, you can talk about that. You talk about the Bulls, the championship teams that the won Lakers. the six the six what could have been eight if Jordan didn't retire. You know, was that considered they're considered super teams? There were guys who were playing at other places, end up with Jordan and getting better. So I don't I don't listen to that. That's crap to me. I think ultimately the Nets are doing what they have to do. Now it's up to the Nets to win. The the, the pressure's on Steve Nash and the Nets oh, they need to, win. to win it if all. They, if they don't win at of least in the next, failure. if they don't win in the next two years, th- those picks, Ooh, those it. picks, right now, forget about next two years. This year, this year, right now, they are the favorites to win. Nobody else in the East is even close to them, and they're the ones who are expected to win the East and expected to win it all, and it's supposed to be a Nets 
Lakers final. We'll see what what happens there. Next. That's if LeBron and AD come back healthy in time for playoffs. Correct. Next. Now we have the NCAA. So we've gone from... March Madness. And look. It's been Final Four. I mean, regular March... It's been it's been regular March Madness. Brackets destroyed everywhere. Um, I mean, Loyola... The teams that I have been following have been... Um, Kate Cunningham's team, Oklahoma, who flamed out in the first round. He's declared um, for the NBA he's draft. Declared, too, he's yeah. declared for the NBA draft. Yeah. He let me just say he's going to be the number one pick. No matter what anyone says, he uh-huh. will be the number one pick. Um so I've been following his team. I've also been following obviously Loyola Chicago. Um yeah. for yeah. Sister okay. Jean. Yeah. Um they made it to the Elite Eight, but flamed out there. Michigan um, came up short. Michigan came really up way short. short. But that happens every year. I mean, you see one seeds fall short all the time. I suppose with COVID being what it is, and the pat- and the issues around some teams getting in and other teams not making it, I felt a little disconnected this year for the first, probably this year and last year, because let's remember, folks, last year it didn't even happen because of COVID. Nope. So I think I felt a lot, di- a lot more disconnected. I think historically I've always been very very keen to watch the NCAA tournament. I think it's fun watching, as opposed to watching NCAA, watching college football, which is just so confusing. I liked watching the idea of 64 teams going in and each one of them eliminating each other to get to this point. Gonzaga is the favorite to win it all. And I think there's been some, I guess, some probably some criticism thrown their way saying, well, they're the strongest team and they've kind of coasted their way through. I think team's a team. If you can play and win, fine. There's still four teams left to go. Well, in the in 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 March Madness, momentum is everything. Of course, if you have momentum, you're going to win it all. Yeah. Like, forget seeding. Forget like what players you have on your team. If you have momentum, it's like the NHL. If you catch fire at the right moment, you're going to win. Yeah. You're gonna win. Yeah. It's like it's n- no question about about the players you have and the quality of your team. But if you catch fire at the right moment, you're gonna win. No yeah. matter what team you come up against. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we're going to do a little word up. So word up is we're going to just, I'm going to read out, Junior's going to read out a, a statement, and I'll look for a word and then vice versa. Yeah. We're going to see what word matters. I think I'll win this, but let's see. The first sentence is, it would be blank for the Jaguars to potentially take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. Foolish. It'd be foolish. Justin Fields is... It's showtime. He's a good quarterback. He has the desire to win. But we're talking about Trevor Touchdown Jesus Lawrence here. He is the best quarterback prospect since Luck. If you, He is tabbed to be a potential generational talent. If you have the number one pick, and that is dangling right in front of your face, and for the past, eh, the past two quarterbacks that the Jags have taken in the draft that have been tabbed to be big talents and Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles have both flamed down. If you've got a surefire thing like Trevor Lawrence in your face at, as the number one pick, you take him. What GM would? What GM wouldn't? Yeah. Well, I have a word for that. It would be ballsy. And I don't even know if that's a word, but that that to me comes to mind. It would be. I suppose it'd be foolish. And I suppose for for my end. Only thing I'm thinking here is whether or not Urban Meyer, who's the new coach of the Jaguars, and this is his first NFL stint, having been a college coach, is looking at um, the potential of drafting Justin Fields with his college lens on, or will he draft 
Well, Trevor it's Lawrence Trent Ball. His... Uh, uh, inevitably, Trent Trent Balky is going to make the decision. Well, look, it's I... not going to be Meyer. It's going to be Balky. Well, Meyer can pitch to him all he wants. It's going to be Balky making. I the think decision. it'll be interesting to to identify that. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, end of this month, the thirtieth of April is the draft. You know that'll be fun to watch. Okay, the next one. You read this one off. All right. Carson Wentz jersey jersey number change was marketing. <laughs> it's marketing. That's what it is. Yeah. So you know the wide receiver for the Colts, whoever he is, I don't even know his name. I don't think he's memorable enough. Obviously, if those who remember know, he said, "I'm not giving up my number 11 oh, to Carson God. Wentz because he's coming here." So I think he did that as a a shot across the bow to say, you know, you're not some kind of princess. You're not going to get it. Whatever. So who cares? It, it, my opinion. Who cares? So now, who cares? For who those who've seen it, he's now changed his number to number two. So I'm not sure if that's a great marketing campaign to begin with. Car- see Carson Wentz take number two. I don't think anybody wants to see who that. Who cares? <laughs> I did not care about Carson Wentz's number at all. Like he was 11. Cool. All right. So what's your word for that? Uh, who cares? That's that's two that's words. But I genuinely don't care. Was, I, who cares? I, I do not care. In, in the words of Tom, <laughs> Mike, who cares? In, in the Mike, words of Mike Tomlin, we do not care. Okay. If uh, you're if you got a franchise quarterback, you're not worried about his number. Well, obviously, obviously, it's gonna. If it's someone like Brady, if it's someone like a Mahomes, okay, maybe, okay, well. maybe. But like, if it's someone like Carson Wentz, where you're more worried about his play than his number, because eleven's such a generic number to Look, begin with. But I think that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I think let's take a step back for a second. I think the number is iconic depending on the player, right? What? Like, what? what? Stop, stop, stop. Realistically, Listen, what is out. Wentz Hear me done? out. Hear me out. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is Michael Jordan. I think when you think Michael Jordan, you think 23. That's it. You think LeBron James, you think 23, six for a few seasons in Miami, then back to 23. Yeah, the problem is, what has Wentz done? Right. So I you're mean, saying what he's done he, to actually he, earn that number. Yeah, it, the status of having an iconic number. I mean... Like he's not iconic when, yet. He's not iconic okay. yet. He's a franchise quarterback, but right. he's nowhere near iconic. Okay, let's look at next. Jimmy Garoppolo's future with the 49ers is uncertain. I think J- Jimmy Jesus is a good quarterback. Jimmy Jesus. He leaves a lot to he leaves Jimmy G. He he leaves a lot to be desired. He's very brittle. If the new if the management is looking at Jimmy Garoppolo and thinking, okay, is this a long-term thing? Because they've given him a lot of money, so they might have to stick with him. Okay, but it's a quandary. I'm I'm gonna say future with the 49ers is tenuous, because hmm. I agree with you. I think that because the 49ers have moved up to the third pick now, it would blow me away if they didn't choose a quarterback. So. Whatever happens, I don't honestly, they're probably going to pick an alignment. Really, whatever happens, think, whatever think, happens on the day of the draft, I think they'll probably pick an alignment because the problem is you have so many injuries. They went, they like it was almost similar to 2018. They had playoff aspirations. They had a metric ton of injuries, and literally everybody got injured, I, I including their home field and their MRI, MRI truck. This is what I think. I think. I think they still will draft a quarterback, but not to start. I think Jimmy G, they're paying the money for him to play. They'll try to protect him as much as they can. He's He is paper mache, and we'll see where we go from there. I don't think they're Next. going to. I really I want that word. Next. All right. 
Gonzaga is heading is heading to the final Blank. four. Blank heading to the final four. Um, probably. I th- I think the final four is today. If I'm not mistaken, it's today. So right. I think. Yeah. It, I'd I use think, the word confident. Yep. I'd say confident because everyone's talking about Gonzaga being the favorites. They've well, always been this again. Team. Again, it runs back to momentum. Like you can catch if you come up a team that's on fire, then you could genuinely you could be in trouble. No matter what your seed is, no matter how quality your team is, you could be in trouble. I will. I will. I think they're the most sort probably most scrutinized team because of history. Gonzaga historically has always gotten to the Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, Final Four, but always come up short. They've had good teams that always come up short. Well, maybe so I think this is probably may, the well. Maybe maybe it's a Washington Capitals situation because remember the Washington Washington Capitals n- were the Clippers of the NHL. Never ever 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 made it past the second round until they won the Stanley Cup. Even with in two thousand eighteen, even with a generational talent in Alex Ovechkin. All right, next Demarcus to the Clippers is. I'm gonna say interesting. Interesting. Okay, you're saying very, very interesting. I think on a ten day contract, ten day contract. maybe. I think the Clippers are trying, are trying their best to prepare for a playoff run, which I don't blame them for. Getting Rondo is more than proof of that. That's a good but, move. But um, I think that Cousins, he showed promise of getting back to to old form. I don't know if he'll ever get back to boogie. Form. I don't ever think he'll get back to that scary center form because of all the injuries he's had. I mean, the guy's had an Achilles and what? Two ACL injuries? Okay. Well, I will add, I will do this one. It's a two word one. Uh, time limited. Mm hmm. Because it's a 10 day contract. They probably will extend it if he can stay healthy. And that's the, that's the thing about DeMarcus. He stayed healthy so far this season, but he's had a history of injuries. He can't stay on the court long enough. I'd say it's time limited in that fact that if the Clippers can get some service from him, uh, maybe later on in the season if they can extend this contract, which I think they will, I think that's where it will count for them more so than now. Especially if they can get him on a cheap contract and he gets back to form, it'll be a steal. All right, next one. Uh, Dwight Howard's recent ejection seemed... Hmm, it seemed... Maybe a continuing trend. Two words. Because okay. the problem the NBA, the NBA the NBA refs right now have been have been I've mentioned it before in a rant I've gone crazy at the NBA refs, but I don't know they've sort of been curbing down on competitive nature, which I've just found like it it dilutes the the entertainment of the game in my opinion. Yeah. And it's just it's so like. I mean, Dwight was acting a little bit petulant towards um, towards Trez in that situation. Yeah. But can you really be conclusive that he was that he was deliberately doing that? I'm not sure. I'm gonna say if this was like I'm gonna be a bit of an old head for a bit. If this was like the the early two thousands, the refs would have probably just let that slide. I'm gonna say it seemed appropriate, just because it's Dwight Howard. He racks up ejections. He has a history of this. And I don't know. Look, I tend to believe that Dwight Howard at one point was considered the nice guy. 
You know, of course, the he Superman. Was. He was at Orlando. He was a cornerstone he, he of was, the franchise. He was, he was their guy. And but then, uh, you know, he got traded to the Lakers. He went to the Lakers. Had a terrible time there. First stint with the Lakers was horrible, but I think that was so much more that people, that fans wanted of him because it was like the second coming of Shaq, and that didn't work out. And then because he bounced that, around to the teams only to bounce back. And he, look, I think the worst part about this was this was the night they, that he and Danny Green got their rings. So it yeah. was almost like, what are you doing? So I think his reputation precedes him with reps because he he ran, he literally walked into Montrez Harrell. And I saw the video. Like he was looking away but knew he was coming and knew he was going to walk into him. So it's kind of appropriate to me. Next. I win that one. I'm pretty good at this. Right. I like Word Up. Don't you? It's not really a competition, but okay. <laughs> sure it is. Okay, I'm okay. a competitive boy. Okay, ta- all right. <laughs> and take your take your um, ah, unscrupulous W. Okay, here's the next one. It's blank to think the Dodgers won't win more than 118 games this season. Mm-hmm. It's I I'd, I'd say it's feasible. I mean, the Dodgers are really, really, really good, and have. Like the best team in baseball on paper and at the eye test, analytically, they have one of the best players in baseball, the Mookie Betts. They have one of the best pitching staffs. They have one of the best bullpens. They have pretty much one of the best everything because they throw money and they have so an your amazing farm system. Feasible, feasible, because okay. it's it's op- like the record for for teams. If I'm not mistake, mistaken, is the 2001 Seattle Mariners. Mm-hmm. And that team was ridiculous. You had Ichiro. You had, what, six other All-Stars. Yeah. Like, you, no one has ever even come close to that. Mm -hmm. It's very, very difficult to predict wins in baseball. Okay. Because it's such an unpredictable game. Yeah. So, I think it's feasible to believe that they won't win more than a, maybe even more than 110 games. Well, I'm going to say it's crazy to think that they won't win more because I think this team is stacked. They have all the talent and they have now taken the mantle away from the Yankees as far as the team that players go to now. Yeah. The shift has happened. They have... Especially since they got Bauer this They have everyone. They have... You can't even... Like, you look at the rotation. You already have Clay going out there. You got Trevor. You got David Price. You, you got a rotation you have, that's you have, insane. You have Clayton Kershaw, Trevor oh Bauer, David Price, what are you and doing? I think the best pitcher in that staff is Walker Walker Bueller. Right. So, and you have hitting, you got pitching. Really much. Dave Roberts can just sit back and just watch it all happen and so, overmanage at times. Right. But I think that the Dodgers are going to outrightly win the West. I think the closest competition expectedly will be the Padres, but. I don't think anybody else. Well, Slam Diego will need to beat them in the playoffs if, oh, well. if they if they want to be known as don't want to be known as the little brother of Cali anymore. All right, quick shout out! Happy birthday to Mark Jackson, fifty six years old, former Knicks well, player, one of the best point guards, one of the best point guards the Knicks ever had. Just and, couldn't didn't have the in history, in my opinion. Well, definitely uh, underrated. Def- Walt Frazier, Def- up there well, as far as shut there. up. Well, it's Walt. You can't. You look. Mark Jackson didn't win a championship. Walt Frazier did way before my time. But he wasn't yeah. even alive when Walt Frazier won the championship. Well, when it won in '73, I was a year old. There you go. You, right. Yeah, but you weren't. You didn't have brain cells to witness it. All right, there you go. All right, so let's finish up on MLB, the most to prove. So I got. I have a list of teams that I think are the most to prove. I'm gonna throw it out to you. 
Yeah. And we'll all sort of both sort of yep. weigh in on it. My most approved team right now up top is the Braves. Oh hell yeah. I I definitely think that's that that's the team that has a lot to prove. They re they managed to get Marcelo Zuna back, which is a great scoop, but they need their young pitching to start sh- to to show up because they keeping with the Atlanta tradition, they blew another uh, playoff series. They blew another. They choked away another game, another playoff series, and and I mean they had a good season, but I'm pretty sure they'll be back there again. But when does it stop? They need to break this Atlanta narrative about them that's been inextricably tied to Atlanta teams for the beginning of time. Okay. All right. I got. I got one. The Yankees. Oh yeah. For me, is the Yankees. I was going to tell you why. That. I think there's a few things. I think because of the. Sh- I get it. It was a short season, but this is 162 games now. The Yankees have the only thing I have a concern about with the Yankees is the pitching. After Garrett Cole, it kind of gets a bit blurry. Yeah, it's just the Garrett Cole. You got show. Garrett Cole and Matsusaka, and then after that, it's all. Over Especially the place. since the Tanaka has gone back to um to Japan. Right. So you don't have Tanaka. And I think Paxson's gone elsewhere. So, so right now, the pitching after Garrett Cole is going to look is a bit spotty. iffy. And especially since in in that series against the in against the Rays, the hitting core completely disappeared. Yeah, Judge, Lemayhu, um, yeah. uh, Giancarlo completely went out on the town for chicken wings. Yeah, I think the last team we're going to talk about is the Padres. Certainly, after the big contract that Fernando Tatis Jr. and has got. as well as that, and you got Machado on and there, Machado and trading for Clevenger, and they have more prospects on the way. Slam Diego, their main goal is not in the regular season. Yep. Their main goal is to beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. Yep. That is their main goal. And I want to throw another team in here, the METS Mets. They need to, after years of disappointing everybody, yep. this is the year you show up. New ownership, you, you spent money, you, you, spent, you spent money not only for a star player, a franchise player in French and Francisco Lindor, you went and made some analytically inclined moves, getting Carrasco in that same deal, and get, getting James McCann and Trevor May for the bullpen. Yeah. So now with Degrom in his prime, Cindergard coming back from injury. Not till July. Maybe that's hopefully, Cindergard coming back from injury. The bullpen f- almost fully rebuilt, but. There's always that question of Ed Lou's freaking DS. I knew it was coming. You need, like, he. I don't understand it. Oh, well. we'll have They're to... ne- the Mets, you better show up. <laughs> otherwise, I'm done with this team. Oh, okay. All right. On that note, I think we've come to an end of a yep. great show again. Uh, we didn't have a massive topic to uh, talk about. We but we had, a, we had a lot of small stuff to talk about. Always. Next week, we're going to be talking about more NBA, more MLB, and as the time goes on, pro- and um, as time goes on, we we'll, might be discussing, if you're up for it, some tr- possible trades in the NHL, All and right. I'll probably be discussing it more, because you know nothing about hockey. Probably I don't. But we'll see you next week. Keep, keep following on the podcast, and go to my YouTube page if you're an Australian sports fan, because I am doing NRL content on there as well, and see you next week. Bye.